Are you weary? Unsure? Are you overwhelmed by the trials of life? Now more than ever, it is time to lift your gaze. It is no coincidence that you are tuned in at this very hour. This listener-supported podcast, Lift Your Gaze, promises to deliver empathy, edification, and empowerment. And with your subscription today, you will have access to every single impactful episode of Lift Your Gaze. Brace yourself for the breakthrough you've been waiting for. It's time to lift your gaze. Well, welcome. We are excited. And I, this is like a mentor to mentor, like hot chicks of the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Zoom startup. We're just kind of leading what God has for us. And I do have Marnie Swedberg, who is extraordinary. Marty, give us a little background on you and all the incredible things you're up to and doing. Um, and we'll kind of share with everyone what, what, what our plans are for today. Right. Well, thank you. It's so great to be here with you. I can't even stand it. I love being with you anytime I get to, Kim. So, yeah, we were just getting together to kind of talk about uh, what God's been doing in our lives. And we thought, well, let's just share it with our groups. Uh, so, yeah, my group um, is women around the world who want to be goal getters for God. And so I love to just help women understand who they are in Christ to step fully into what he has created you to do, um, to realize that you're not doing it alone, that you are a flow through vessel. He, it's your body and he's supposed to be filling it. And then other people get to suck on it. And that's how life goes. And that's, that's just my heart for you guys. I also host womenspeakers.com, which is where you and I met, uh, as you're one of my featured speakers over there, um, to help, uh, women's ministry groups find speakers for their events. So, all right, y'all now Marnie is extraordinary. She's like really downplaying this, but she is like an incredible woman of God, an incredible prayer warrior. She has a heart for women helping women, which I think is so great. Cause I think in the secular world, having come from that, it's almost the exact opposite. Women tear mm. down other women. So it's, this is such mm. sweetness. Yeah. And I love when we were, before we started, we were off air. Marnie was saying, this is more like mentor to mentor, like a Titus two meeting that even though we both do that, well, let me give you some quick background. So uh, on me, yeah. I have um, a nonprofit called Lift Your Gaze, where we provide hope to the traumatized, especially but not limited to the incarcerated. And uh, over the past four years, we have provided hope to over 10,000 individuals, male and female, and their families through Lift Your Gaze, which is a 501c3 nonprofit through the New Horizons Foundation. I am also an author of one, two, three, four, soon to be five, six, seven books. Yes. Yeah. So ah. I know. And two are in, one is in Spanish and the other one's coming. So it's wow. exciting books. And I'm also a publisher. We publish about 12 books a year. We're a small boutique publisher. And I'm very particular who I take on as clients, but we, I do also do consulting to help other people become publishers and to help other previously published authors with their marketing. Because I do have an MBA in marketing from Johns Hopkins and I was a previous marketing and college instructor. So all that being said, woo uh, but I love prayer and I love seeing just being a spoke in the God's miracle wheel. Like just mm. seeing, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to large groups of women that are incarcerated or otherwise or, or non-incarcerated or incarcerated emotionally sometimes, yeah, yeah. incarcerated mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, and hearing chains drop. And that's because my goal in life is to take real estate from the enemy and however, however God has me doing that, where I'm helping someone else publish their book or I am, we're praying for someone and, and just having them process horrific trauma or just release of, of just generational curses. I, it's incredible. It's a, it's a miracle to, to see. I have to just tell you this chains dropping. That's our, you know, the thing. And I have these two new pictures in my mind about this just as of the last few days, which I'm always trying to understand. Okay, God, just show me what this looks like in the unseen world, because right. So much of this is happening in the unseen world. We're mm -hmm. here and we're watching, 
the effects of what God's doing, but I'm like, how is this actually working? You know? So, um, one of the, one of the pictures he gave me was, I'm going to say meter made, like the person that drives around in their little car and they, in, in their little unit and they start putting tickets on vehicles. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you don't get to be here anymore. You're out. And either the person moves the vehicle instantly or the tow truck comes and moves it for them. Right. And I think that that's actually like our role in the unseen world is we are literally the one that says you, anything evil, anything not of God, you don't get to be here anymore. You have Mm -hmm. to leave in the name of Jesus. But then this, this morning I had this awesome, like, I was like, is that like scriptural God? I don't know. Like that the towing away part, I think I'm supposed to do the whole thing. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to wait around for a tow truck. I think it's supposed to like be the whole package deal. And then he gave me this picture this morning of being a firefighter. Mm. So if you think of the flames of hell mm-hmm. and now God also is a, um, a consuming fire, right? Mm-hmm. God is, yeah. a, so we've got the good fire yep. that's consuming all the evil. But then we have the evil that is the flames of hell. And right. so I, I was seeing that I'm walking and I'm just minding my own business, living my own life or talking with somebody. And all of a sudden, boom, there I see it. The flames of hell in this person's life, consuming them, hurting them, tormenting them, torturing them. And I get to be the firefighter and I have the power and the authority. I am actually connected to the hydrant right now at all times, the hydrant never leaves me and the fresh, cool, saving water of the word flows freely through my life at whatever volume it needs to come through this hose to douse that fire. And you know what I even thought as, as this was coming to me, I wrote down to put out the fire. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as Christians? We are putting the enemy out casting out driving out whatever but as women we don't do this hostile um macho man thing that we see done a lot we actually flow this more like a mama like a mama bear and it's like yeah we stand up and we say do not come near this girl she belongs to jesus you have to go right now and all the mama bear ever does is she just like stands up and threatens and that everybody goes running you don't want to mess with the mama bear i need to growl isn't it so fun i just when you were saying watching chain drops i'm like yeah it can be so like so spiritual that you don't know how to get your arms around it but god can bring it in a way that we can understand what he's doing our part and his part. I love that. It's so funny you say about the firefighter because God gave me that word that it's our job. Those who've gone through the flames of affliction are yes. called to go back and pour water on those still Absolutely. in the Absolutely. Beautiful. And yeah. when I would go into a correctional facility, I'd carry bags of books, like 20, ba- 20 in um, like these, because ba- sometimes you, they get, sh- I ship them in, they get returned, the enemy's trying their thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to come in with my own little buckets. So I feel like I'm coming in with buckets of yes. living water right? and I'm carrying them in. And I, yes. that's how I feel like, and as I hand each one out, I'm like, I'm dousing that enemy's flames. It's funny because I just feel that as well, that you're right. It could be a purifying fire. It also could be from the enemy, a destructive. Exactly. Exactly. And that's our, that's our joy, right? Is to figure out, uh, to just listen to the spirit. And we have the mind of Christ. He's already in us. We don't have to go looking for it. We don't say Jesus come. He's already here. If you're here and he's in you, he's here. So it's just this, it's just this moment by moment walking with the spirit. Yes. So Yeah. So I'm going to just, I'm going to just say something you can respond and then take us where you were thinking the next two. Um, so I believe that our role here is that we are actually, um, we are actually given permission by, if you would say like a police officer, um, in the state is given a badge and a gun, right? And so we are given permission and we are called to be peacekeepers. And if you think about any military uh, advancement or anything, or even mm-hmm. just firefighters uh, called to bring peace into areas of chaos or unrest, right? And so as believers, that's our role. The Holy Spirit's role then is to uh, live in us, 
flow through us, empower us, all of these things that he's given us, but nothing happens when I sit and say, Jesus, please go do that. That's not what we're called to do. We're actually called to be his vessel here on earth, just like Jesus Christ was when he was here. We are called to go be little Jesus's with the Holy Spirit flowing him through us to meet the needs. I love that. I love that. It's funny. My, my book that I'm writing now is on spiritual warfare and I'm really studying. So we have dominion over evil forces, over principalities. We have that. And, and Jesus said, when I go to my father, you'll do more things than the miracles I've done. So we have the power he's imparted upon us, that strength, that power, that wisdom, that's all given us. We just don't hear. That's right. It's we all don't here pick right it now. Up. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like we got in the closet. We just don't put on the coat. You know, we don't, we're not wearing it. We're not walking in that. We're not understanding that victory. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that the power we have as followers of Christ. Now, I love what you said about that. Remember we were talking about this on the phone the other day about, about that the, when you take over someone else's territory, that there will be warfare and the, the enemy will They're going to fight. fight. Mm-hmm. for their previous territory that even though it's not right. theirs they've stolen right. it it's they've it's not right. theirs and we're coming back in with the dominion and with also the um we are we do have that dominion over this area and it's been promised to us and we're like okay we, we're like to cash this in we have the deed to this property we like okay. to cash this in and the enemy's like oh no i even though it's yours and it's been given to you, guess what? We're still going to go to battle over it. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to do all this stuff. So sometimes people think, oh, I'm in battle. This must not be God's will. I'm like, no, it's exactly God's will. If it's biblical, <laughs> it's God's will. And just because there's a battle, that means what you're doing is the enemy's fighting for, but he's already lost. And he knows that. He's already he's, lost, right? He's just he's just trying anyway. But yeah, I think that's yeah. really powerful. I love what you said about the mama bear just standing up, <laughs> establishing that dominance. And instead, right. like I feel like with both of my children, I have a 22-year-old and a 12-year-old. And they both, you know, they all try, well, so-and-so's parents let them do this. And I'm like, you know what? In this house, we're going to praise the Lord. In this house, I am responsible and have to be subject to God what goes on in this house. So in this house, we're going to honor the Lord. When you become head in your home and you have to answer to God for what happens in your home, you can do what you want. But as for me and my house, we're going to praise yeah, the Lord. Like, right. this is my dominion. I think understanding right, that right. dominion is so powerful. Like, this it is. This is my dominion. Like, this God's given me this. And, enemy, you need to flee. So, I think first identifying that enemy and then binding and casting out, which I think are so mm-hmm. important, what you were saying. So, I'm like, oh, I totally believe all this. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love, um, you know, one of the things uh, I want, to just think about as you're stepping into more authority, as you're stepping into using this power that God has given you is to just look at the life of Jesus. And what's really cool about his life is he did everything that we have to do. He did everything that we have to do. And so um, have and have is get, you know, it's like, you know, we have to do (laughs) not have to do. And um, when you look at his life, very rarely did any demon actually try to do anything other than just get out of there. Sickness just left. Uh, There was no battles going on for the most part. For the most part, this is just a authority thing. He walked in the full authority and power of God. He was God, uh, but he was living as if he was us with the Holy spirit in him to show us how this was going to happen for us. And so I, I feel like, for the most part, there should not be all these big displays of, you know, fight back and whatever. Uh, however, sometimes there were, you know, um, sometimes there was a shriek or sometimes, you know, the demons talked to him and said, please, can we go in pigs or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think that the more confident we are in the authority and the power that we have in Christ, the more powerful the enemy sees us as being. And the more likely they are to just leave without a fight. If they're unsure of where we stand, or if they're if they think we're unsure of where we stand, they're so totally exploiting that. Absolutely. They will totally exploit that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I, I want to talk about stories in a minute, but let's come back to that. What sure. were you gonna what were you gonna bring up before I started talking about all this? Oh gosh, there's so much. I you just I like it's like popcorn here. <laughs> it, it, this is so fun. <laughs> it just goes everywhere. Well, it's why I had in one of my devotionals, I my by devotion I wrote about that I had this dream that's so when I first started getting into spiritual mm-hmm. warfare. And I remember we were struggling as a family with someone, something happening, and one of the women in my Bible study said, Oh, this is a spiritual attack. You need to know the name of the demon to cast it out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever. I don't need to know his name. We're not friends. Like, like I don't even know my name. So like half heartedly that night I prayed. I'm like, okay, I need to know your name. <laughs> so revealed. I'm like, what? Well, I asked this woman. She said, oh, you have to ask for their name. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm like, whatever your mm-hmm. name is, show it to me so I can cast you out. So that night mm-hmm. I had this dream that I was being sucked down this elevator shaft in this really dark elevator down really deep, like hundreds, mm. thousands of stories down. And I was dumped mm. out. I was open and the, you know, the elevator operator didn't speak to me. So opened the door and I was, it was this evil, evil place. Mm. It was just, just felt this evil. And I heard the most maleficent voice I've ever hear say, I hear you want to know my name. Oof. And I was, te- I was like, oh, <laughs> your name? and I was like, I, your name is Legion. Be gone in Jesus's name. And another thing, and I started spouting scripture. And then in that moment, my dream, I was transported to this beautiful, white, pristine mm. beach. And Jesus was there. And I was like, and another thing. And I'm like, oh, here you are. Okay, we're good. And and Jesus just had this beautiful, like, uh, approval and just beautiful yes. glow. Like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yes. Look at and I was like, where's that thing go? Is that, is that gone? <laughs> and and it was so um beautiful. And I mm. and I realized then that we have extraordinary power in the name of in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, right. No, after done a tremendous amount of research on the names and of demons and of um and, and of principalities, is that I think it's important to understand because their names are usually similar to their actions. Mm-hmm. Deception. Um, right. Yeah, they're, they're usually similar to that. And I think that's because right. like, oh, I didn't even realize that's what's happening here. All right. 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 So I think that's because if you can be helpful, right. Mom, it's helpful. Yeah. I think that's important to know, but to know they're like, I need to like memorize all your names and everything you're doing. Like, I think it's oh important to call out the emotions and the feelings and cast them. And it's a very powerful. Yeah. And I, I'll give you another example. I was um, in jail and I was waiting for maximum security, the inmates to come out. They have to be shackled. Their mm-hmm. late hands, their, I'm sorry, their wrists and their ankles have to be shackled. And then they have to be shackled together. And then they're brought to my classroom and I'm waiting Outside my classroom, standing in the doorway, waiting for, to my left would was a dorm where maximum security is. So I'm waiting for the ladies to be shackled to brought there. And then to my right is called lockdown dorm. And that's where if you are a danger to yourself or to others, or it is um or you're being declared mentally unstable and you're you're a danger. And there is a correctional guard standing outside that door. And th- these are very thick concrete walls. And I've been in that dorm and you have this little closet which just has a, and has Mm -hmm. a glass door. It has Mm -hmm. a long bed. You have a commode and a sink. And then you have a little flap in the door where your tray goes in, all your trash comes out. You're in solitary forever long. You need to be, and that's that dorm. So, um, I, I, and it's, it's pretty, it's very, it's very isolating. It's, 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 it's horrible. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen many inmates go in there and it's, it's pretty bad, but I heard this woman screaming, and it wasn't like, it wasn't, it was a, it was a demonic screech. It was mm. worse than nails on the chalkboard. It was, the sound was horrific. And both she and I, the correctional officer who's standing outside the dorm, I'm outside that dorm, but the sound is penetrating through their very, very thick mm. concrete wall. And this horrific screeching, it, it was sounded demonic. And the correctional officer looks at me and says, well, you have to know the name of the demon to cast it out. And I was like, no, you don't be. And I raised my hand to the sound. I said, be gone in Jesus's name. Your name is Legion. Be gone. And the woman stopped screeching. So I don't know how long she'd been screaming. But the correctional officer said to me, she said, what is it, Legion? I'm like, yeah, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Like, (laughs) 
and then the lady <laughs> filed in. I started teaching my class, and and she kept the the crystal kept peeking around like the glass window of my classroom, going, "Who is this woman?" I'm like, "I'm just a follower of Jesus." Declare. So every time I go in, I see miracles. Every time, and yeah. I don't think we understand the power that we have, and also to yeah. recognize the demonic force. I think that's important to recognize it, and then to pray for it. Yeah. Um, pray for, it. and sometimes. Sometimes I have a lot of friends who are think, oh, this is all demonic. And sometimes it's a consequence of your actions. Right. And sometimes God uses it to get your attention. Like you it's and a, I. Yeah. Right. Consequence of a fall, whatever. Sick. Yeah. 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 God's like, yeah. okay, great. I'm glad I have you now. <laughs> I need to talk to you about some things I need you to do. And I need some yeah. one-on-one time with you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Right before we came on, on our call here, I was on a call with a lady and I said, okay, so this prayer uh, is one of her kids. And I said, so do you believe that Jesus heals? And she said, absolutely. And I said, okay, so the Roman centurion who didn't even know anything, he wasn't even a Jew. He didn't know anything about anything. He came to Jesus because his kid was sick and he believed Jesus could heal his son. And Jesus said, okay, sure, I'll come. And then he said, you don't even have to come. I'll just, you know, just tell tell it to go and it'll go. And Jesus, that's how Jesus worked. And I said, are you, uh, do you have the faith to do this right now for your son? And so we just, we just said, you know, in the name of Jesus out, you have to go, you know, and that's it. And I I agree that uh, it's important for us not to literally uh, get into conversations with demons. We don't see this scripturally very rarely. The one time Jesus was with the demons that wanted to go into the pigs, you know, but that was not the norm. And we don't ever make our practices based on a one-time situation. We look at all the times somebody just touches Jesus and they're healed. Somebody uh, just, you know, I mean, he doesn't even know who, what he healed. You know, I mean, let alone what the demon's name was, you know, if there was a demon. So, and it actually does say that she was bound by the devil all these years, you know, yep. so there was a, there was yeah, a demonic yep. there, there, you know, so, so many times in healing there is, but um, I love that. I just love that. And I just also encourage you don't spend, I, I, you and I both, Kim, we don't give the devil much um, thought. <laughs> he actually doesn't deserve much thought. Exactly. And, I mean, he is he, the defeated exists, foe. Exists, Why? But when yes, compared I, to God, like not, he's, not, not, even, even, yeah, he's not even the he's, same. Right. Strategy. So he's like comparative to an archangel, you know, to maybe Michael, the archangel, yeah, not to God. He's in yes, no competition with God at all. Absolutely. And, and we have the power of Jesus Christ, who is God in us through the spirit. So we are not even on the same plane as the devil at all. Preach, sister. Sorry, I, I am like that's so, my biggest thing. I can't. People are like the devil. The devil. Give me a break. He is so limited in his yeah. power. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he does have power, but nothing, nothing like the power we have in yeah. Christ as believers. And I, yeah. and I loved what you said about bringing up that Roman centurion, is that he understood authority. Yeah, he understood. Hey, right. I have authority over a legion of men, soldiers. Right. You have authority. Clearly, right. Everything. So yeah. activate your authority. And I I I trust that you I follow orders from above. My men follow orders from me. Go do it. And that, I think that's important to understand the hierarchy of authority yeah. of look, as you were saying, the authority we have over the enemy is so important and so big. And some people, and this this kind of I struggle with this too. Some people can say, Oh, well, I didn't have enough faith to be healed. And or and that person passed or someone and I'm like you know what all of our hairs are numbered it, they're healed on the other side they're healed in eternity and that's important to note too I just want to make sure that that in the Bible it talks about by their faith uh each person was healed every time there was a healing it's by their faith they were healed like you see the centurions by his faith his understanding of authority by the woman who um grabbed hold of the fringe of jesus's garment it's by her faith also understanding his authority but it's by their faith but some people say well i didn't have enough faith so my sister wife brother-in-law husband father died of cancer and i and my argument is well, wait a minute now if all of our hairs are numbered of course we pray for them to be healed but it's god's determination whether it's healed on this side or the other side of eternity so i think that's important to note there too is that it's it is important to pray for healing but also 
it's under God's, it's like what your will be done. I think that's so much of this is the journey that we're on and to uh, know that God brings good out of everything, no matter how, you know, no matter. Okay. So let's say, for example, that we didn't have enough faith and somebody didn't get healed. Not that they died even, but just that somebody just didn't get healed or whatever. And it was about our faith. Well, okay. We're growing. Right. And so just remember, you're not at the end of your journey right now. I I really love too, that we can stand in the gap for people who don't have enough faith for themselves. The guys that brought the uh, paralytic that lowered him down, Jesus, Jesus in the pool of uh, Salome and the guy clearly didn't have faith, you know, but Jesus healed him anyway. So we can have faith for other people and to just do that. And your example of the gal in the um, solitary confinement was so great for this purpose. Somebody might say to you, well, you can't do that. You didn't have her permission. Maybe she invited that demon there, but we have to remember that the devil is a liar and a thief and a murderer and a thief. Okay. If you, if a thief came to you and said, I'm going to steal all your stuff. And you said, sure, come on in. You can have all my stuff. That would make him not a thief. Mm, Right. Well, the only way he can be a thief is if he's actually taking something that is not his to take in which place we go back to, you know, the meter maid or the police officer position. And we're like, no, my role in Christ is to watch for thieves and murderers and liars. And to say, no, you can't be here. You have to get out. That's our role. We have that that position. That that ticket sticker on, but like that, like you're not supposed to be here. You're out of here. Violation. Out of here right now. I love, I love the vibe. That's what we are. We're violation like sticker appliers. And God we are. Like, this is yours. You just make that go away because that's this is yours. I could be a t-shirt, Kim. Violation ticket providers. I'm yeah. writing that down. I love it. Violation. You know, but ticket. but we are like you know, I, I just keep thinking of that picture of a peacekeeper. What yeah. is a peacekeeper? He non-violently. Amen. They aren't even given, they aren't even given weapons. Oh, that's so huge. That's so, and I, I just wrote this in <laughs> it's my It's not supposed to book. be a big fight. <laughs> no, because all of our job to do is stand. We're commanded stand. to stand, stand. four times to stand. And that stand. word, in the, uh, it's, it's so powerful, but just to st- we're not, it's not a battle. We're like, we don't need to be, a, you know, take fencing to, in order to do this. No, no. it's, it's, we have to stand and trust like we're standing as the meter maid putting stickers on things going all right god you i'm not taking the cars out of there it's your job go get the tow truck it's all you so i I think that's so powerful and important especially when healing from trauma and i know we talked about this a little Mm -hmm. bit is so the enemy can use trauma to make us stuck in Mm -hmm. one of the healing or one of the stages of uh, the stages of grieving the, uh, it's called the um oh my gosh I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a blank but the stages of grief whether you have first you have denial bargaining then you have um, sometimes sadness depression and then uh, anger and acceptance so all those stages are which I love are listed in the psalm and I find that a lot of times when I go in especially for the women who are incarcerated the fact that the process of incarceration itself is very traumatizing it's it's and being incarcerated is very traumatizing. I see women from all social economic backgrounds I see attorneys I see pastors I see doctors I see dentists I also see women who are mothers and I see grandmothers i see um young women i i see women who have been in the thrones of prostitution and have are, are addicted I, I see all all of that so i i want to make sure i'm clear that it's a lot of times i see women i'm like oh i i think i saw you in my, one of my bible studies like it's <laughs> right. it, it's not um it, it doesn't discriminate especially right. addiction does not discriminate mm-hmm. but and a lot of times you'll see the whole action is of being incarcerated is very traumatic and they can be trauma. So through trauma, through that, and those stages of grieving is actually necessary to process trauma, which is what I've seen is that through trauma healing is most, because that that's actually, you have to grieve, you grieve that 
trauma, that pain from that trauma. And then you have to forgive the unforgivable. So I've had a lot of women tell me, oh, great. I've forgiven. I, I've forgiven my baby's mama's grandmother's or my baby's daddy's grandma. And I'm like, okay, great. But you told me everything about this in complete detail, which tells me you haven't really forgiven them yet. Because And I'll challenge them with the four prongs of, un, of forgiving the unforgivable where you don't repeat the offense anymore. You don't gossip about the offense to others. You don't replay the offense over and over in your mind and you don't hold it against them in future conversations, whether it's externally or not. And that's only available through Christ, through understanding what the great price we were we were forgiven from. Right. So when you process a trauma, I think it's important to know, and this is something that for me was incredibly, it was just revolutionized my whole thought process was that those emotions to process trauma not only are they biblical you'll see them in the psalms you see denial you see sadness you see and they all are david book you know king david the davidic psalms okay lord they want to kill me i'm angry strike them down but you know what i'm going to praise you anyway okay yeah. okay david this uh, god this is so horrible you know what i'm scared I, i'm but you know what? i'm going to praise you anyway they all end up with my emotion yeah. i'm dealing with my emotion right. which is god-given but then I'm going to give this to you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. Like even Jesus, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. So let me submit to your will. And I think that's to get there is only able to get to process that trauma is through Christ is to go through knowing that these emotions are God given. But also, I don't believe in our society, we are trained on how to process trauma. You know, in other countries, when I've gone to Uganda or other countries, or even in Europe, it's okay to express emotion. It's very common to, oh, someone died, I'm experiencing grief, I'm going to wail, I'm going to ex express my emotions. We're here, we're, you know, shut down, compartmentalizing, keep going, show up to work on Monday. Like that's, you, you get, you know, whatever, 12 hours, 24 hours to process. And if you're not trained in how to process trauma you can get stuck in one of those stages you can get stuck in bargain or stuck in denial that didn't really happen i'm gonna pretend it didn't really happen and then eventually it you have to come yeah. to face with the reality right. you can't lie to yourself anymore it happened but initially that's necessary that's necessary because the truck that's your body's natural reaction right. to so protective yeah. it is protective so i can't handle this right now until i'm able to handle this yeah. i need to be in denial and then bargaining. Okay, if I would have done this, this would never happen. Or God, I promise I will never brush my teeth again, or I'll brush my teeth every day if I whatever this never happens. You're bargaining. You're bargaining with God. Or then you go through the sadness, and some people get stuck in these stages. And I'm I'm so sad, God. I'm this hurts so much. I'm so sad. I don't think I'll ever. And the enemy will tell you you'll never get out of this, and you're there. Right. Or anger, like, okay, God, you're sovereign. You could have prevented this, but you chose not to. And now this hurts. I'm, I'm angry at you, but I can't be angry at God. So what do I do? And I'm supposed to be angry and do not sin. And don't let the sun go down my anger, but I'm angry. And then go to God with, I'm angry. And this really hurts. And then finally you get to that acceptance of like, you know, as you said, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. To those who love God and are called according to his purposes and just trust like i don't see this and i might not see this till the next side of eternity right. but i trust you and then sometimes it also involves in forgiving the unforgivable usually right. we experience trauma it's through the hands of another person and the enemy loves to be div divisive so the enemy is like great if i can get you still to hate your neighbor your loved one someone and i can get keep you in anger or keep you in unforgiveness i won. Mm -hmm. But you can forgive someone, but still set boundaries. And I think that's important in healing and in the intercessory prayer, knowing to release that and not be stuck in that stage, but able to forgive, but just not, uh, but just not hold it against them. I had a, someone who sinned against me pretty egregiously, pretty horrifically. And this person kept wanting me to rehash the entire situation with them, with them. Right. And I was like, I'm not right. going to, I forgave you. I told you I forgave you. It's gone. Well, what, what happened? I'm like, I, I, it's forgiven. It's done. But I, I also put a boundary yes, with that right. person.
to not allow them to continue to do that because there was no change on there and there was no turning right. repentance right. on their end. Right. But I forgave them. But so like, so I think forgiveness is horizontal and repentance is your vertical with God. So I think that's important mm. to understand. I don't think we understand that as well as society, knowing those silos, yeah. so to speak. So if mm. I sin against you, I still, I mean, I, 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 I hope I would ask for forgiveness, but, and then I need to repent to God. Right. And that helps me turn from that sin, from doing it again. Mm-hmm. So the same is just understanding that they haven't done that or God hasn't delivered them. That could be the setting sin that God hasn't delivered them from. Right. To understand that, okay, I have my own. I'm not going to be self-righteous and be the wicked servant and wicked, unforgiving servant. I'm right. still going to forgive you. I think that's right. really important. It's huge. For us, because I think we understand our society. Okay, I'm hungry. My stomach's growling. I'm going to eat. Oh, my eyelids are drooping. I'm so tired. I need to go to sleep. Oh, um, I'm uh, my muscles ache. Oh, I need to, you know, massage them. I need to take a, a Epsom salt bath. I need to rest. I need to heal. Yeah. But when I we're hurt emotionally or emotionally, right. trauma, we don't know. How, oh, okay, right. now I gotta. Now I find myself going through the trauma, um, you know, going through the healing, the grieving process so quickly. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. I have to go through bargaining. I have to go through denial. I have to go through bargaining. I I remember I had, um, I actually blogged about this. I had um, a doctor's appointment for an endocrinologist. I blogged all about this. I had, um, I went in, I thought for my thyroid and the doctor, the endocrinologist didn't even look at me, didn't even examine to me. She goes, oh yeah, you need surgery. And I was like, I'm sorry, who are you? Like, (laughs) here's how we're going to go. You're going to tell me I need, you know, synthroid for my thyroid. I'm going to tell you, no, I want to try to do it holistically. You're going to, I'm going to argue. And then you're going to acquiesce because this is my body because I'm in charge of it. (laughs) And she was like, no, your, your thyroid's fine. It's your parathyroid, which is out of whack and you need surgery. And I was like, What's a parathyroid? I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, get out of denial. You need surgery. This, These numbers have been whacked for seven years. And, you know, this is dangerous to mm. your body. You, you need mm. to have what, you have four parathyroids. You have one of these removed, maybe two. But you need to go to a surgeon and have them do that. And I'm like, you not. And she's like, get out of denial. I'm like, I need to be in denial right now. Like, and I understood that. Like, and she was like, huh. And I'm like, this is a shock to my system. To, I came in here expecting a, a prescription for Synthroid and you're telling me I need to make an appointment the next week with a surgeon and t- you know, a hundred miles away. That's, I need to process that. And she right. was like, oh. so I, I think understanding, okay, great. I need to be in denial. I need to argue whatever I need to bargain. Like, God, what happened with this? So now I find myself going through this process, which would take normally like years. Now I go through it in, if depending on the trauma days, weeks, or, days or weeks because I know that just because I know now oh I'm tired I need to go to sleep mm-hmm. and I think that's so important that's one of my prayers I like to pray before we close is mm-hmm. helping people process mm-hmm. trauma and understanding those emotions and that number one they're God-given and number two that we need to bring them to God and have him and and allow them to work and I love how all of this is, you know, kind of back to the journey thing again. You can't know what you don't know, but once you know it, then you can apply it. And like you said, I love that too. Um, so for me, grief is a little different because um, so it it's so fast. It's usually yeah. so fast now. Um, and I learned that when my father died suddenly and I was such a daddy's girl. And I just got a phone message that just said, Barney, your dad is dead. And it was just so crushing. But from the time I got the call until the time we reached, we were at a buyer's show for our store until we reached our vehicle, God in that short, less than five minute walk, completely comforted me and took me through the cycle of grief right there in less than five minutes. And the way that that started, not that he does it every time, he does not do that every time, but that time he did. And I was so grateful. But the way that that started was I was just in the habit of whenever I couldn't breathe, I would just say the name of Jesus, just Jesus, Jesus. And I was walking to the car, just saying, Jesus, 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 he's so faithful. And when we call to him, he is so good to answer us. So however long it takes you the first time to get through grief, just know that as you walk with Jesus, just going to be shortened down so much to the point where you're like not grieving, 
at all the way the world grieves. It and isn't like the world grieves. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And to the power in Jesus. Yeah. And I think every time we go through it with Jesus, it, you're absolutely right. It shortens it to sometimes yeah. even minutes. Sometimes I'm like, I wasn't even a blip. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it can be. But I love that. That just through the name of Jesus. That's, in my opinion, that's the helmet of salvation. That's in our arsenal. That is yeah. covered by the blood of Jesus. You've I'm got me here. You've got me. Like that is, that's our greatest, one of our greatest weapons. That in the sword of the spirit is (laughs) when we were talking a couple weeks ago you had said that as somebody had said to you ma'am you are in big trouble you're in grave danger here and you said to them i have been in grave danger and this is not it (laughs) and i love that i'm like oh there we go you know because the enemy's always and i i wanted to talk about stories a little bit too and this segues into it so beautifully but um we tell ourselves stories so something traumatic happens to us And around the trauma, we tell ourselves a story. And then what we do around the story is we build all these siege works. So nobody can tell us anything about our story because this is our big story. Okay. Just what you were telling about earlier, you know, and then somebody's like, well, you just need to forgive. Well, you don't understand about my story. Or someone will come with literally an answer from God for you. And you'll be like, you're minimizing my story. And we start to worship these stories instead of worshiping the God of truth who wants to free us from the bondage of our stories. And so this is just one of the things. And I think it goes back to that forgiveness piece. If you are holding unforgiveness then what's going to happen is you're going to have to find a way to make that unforgiveness legitimate before God. So that means your story, your reason for unforgiveness has to be bigger than Jesus's reason for dying on the cross for you. It has to be so big. It's not. And and also, and it's not, you're, you're, (laughs) so the sin that you was committed against you has to be greater than all the sin you were forgiven you have ever done in your whole life ever done and i always i always do the uh, the pennies when i teach at this in the jail i'm like okay think of this so i'm like so i write down write the name of someone who sinned against you the worst thing that's ever happened to you the someone you cannot forgive write down their name some people say i can't even write down their name i'm like okay their initials or just write down write it down and then i'll say okay put a dollar volume what that sin cost whether it was hundred dollar sin a ten thousand dollars a ten million dollar sin Put that dollar right, right where that sin was. And they, I don't want to know, but they write them down. Right. So, okay, imagine the dollar volume of all your sins you've ever committed against Jesus. And they're always like, wow, that's crazy. No, give it out. Trillion dollars, you know, a billion trillion, whatever you right. want. So write that, write that down. I'm like, okay. I'm like, think of that as a pile of pennies and you're sitting on top of it. That's your sin that you're forgiven of. And think of the person who you wrote down and stop of their sin against you as a pile of pennies. And one of my coworkers in ministry always said, and whenever he sinned against, he's like, I'm going to go count my pennies. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I think of all my sin and I take and I count my pennies, moving it from one mountain to the other. And then I climb back on top of it going, thank you. I was forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. For so much. Because all what God does, he took that, sin mound that we sit on and find it and and that's what we're called to do to that person who sinned against us and and, because that sin is either paid for on the cross by jesus christ like ours is or it's paid for in eternity in hell and no matter what they've done which i know this is big words for a lot of people what they've done when you think of eternity in hell I wouldn't wish that on any living thing ever. And that's, I think putting it that into perspective and then having them repent from their self-righteousness. Those are deep waters, which is my book, deep deep water title, my book, excuse me, deep waters, lift your gaze. My first book, because those are deep waters to forgive. And some, I mean, I've, I can tell you horrific stories. I mean, stories that you think, ooh, uh, okay, that would never, I don't know how you process that, uh, of women who I, 
one woman who I spoke to. Normally I have about 20 women in my class and she was the only one with maximum security. And I said to her, she was new. I haven't, I hadn't met her wow. prior to that class. I'm like, where are the other ladies? She's like, I don't know. So I asked the correctional officer. He's like, I don't know. That's it. I'm like, really? Okay. So I'm like, all right, God, this is one-on-one. Yep. That's it. So what do you want to say? And I started talking to her and drawing her out. She had pur- She had really pretty braided hair. And it was purples woven in. I'm like, oh, I like your hair. And she's like, thank you. And I said, I like the color purple. She said, thank you. That was my son's favorite color. And I was like, okay. Um, what? How old's your son? I have a son too. And she said, well, he was six when he passed. So I'm so, so sorry that he passed. I'm, you have my deepest sympathy. When did he pass? And she said a month ago. Hmm. It turns out her and her husband were both incarcerated for his drowning in a toilet in a hotel room. And there was a history of domestic violence. And I've learned not to judge. I learned not to be self-righteous. And I was like, okay. And, and I said, how are you doing? She's like, not well. And I'm like, okay, let's pray. But we're going to go rogue here. And one of my book, I, you probably remember this. I think you interview when you interviewed me you brought up this is this was deep water it's an amazing grace chapter where i talk about the, how my husband and i experienced the loss of uh, a miscarriage after going through fertility treatments and walking through that loss and i'm like this is where we're going to go we're going to go rogue it's supposed to be another chapter but we're going to read this chapter and we went through it she's crying i'm crying and uh, we sang amazing grace together and the woman who walked in my classroom should have been on suicide watch. The woman who left was a completely different woman. And she said to me before she left, she's like, this is the first time in decades that I've had hope. I have not experienced hope or joy in so long. And I have it now. And then every time I saw her, she's then teaching other women whose English is second language. She's teaching them how to speak English and read and write. And the chaplain's like, what? And I'm like, I'm like God did it I just I was here mate slapping on the tickets going get out of your enemy and you know he healed her and it was so incredible to see that transformation in her and that power that we have over that over grief as well because it can be so just so um yeah, so much bondage, so constriction, because we're constricting in bondage like that. Yeah, it's, it's beyond. Yeah, it's really beyond description how heavy uh, this burden can be, and and how you know you think of the burning fire. Uh, you know, if you've ever been burned, there's very few things that sear that hurt as bad as being burned, and that's what's actually the enemy is busy <clears throat> here hurting people. All around us, all around you, all around me, all around all of you guys. And they're using hurt people to hurt other people. It's a, absolutely. It's a, it's a very wicked cycle, and it is right. That's why it's so beautiful to see this broken. I think uh, if you'd like to share some more story, I think that's great. But I think I'd like yeah. to pray for. Break. That's where I'm at right now, John. Like it's time to pray. <laughs> so we're so excited about this part. Yeah. So when we when we were gonna get together today, we didn't have any idea we were going to be doing this conversation for you guys. But um, we are actually here, just like every Christian listening to us, you are actually placed on planet Earth for such a time as this. You are moving in and amongst people. Like the lady at the Starbucks this morning was sitting there. I was having a meeting with another lady. She left. And then I went over to the lady who was by herself and had prayer with her. So wherever you are, wherever God has you, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a big ministry. We we have large ministries, but you don't have to wait for that. Just your ministry is where you are. Not that you ever should have one. Your ministry is where Jesus has placed you. And we really want to just pray over you. And if you have come to this interview here, this conversation really is all it's been. If you've come to this and you have come with burdens or you feel that that enemy flame just burning you and hurting you or that crushing thing uh, that's just been on you, the burden that is too heavy to bear. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're bearing a heavy burden, it's because he wants to do the heavy lifting there. He is not meaning for you to stay in the fire, being burned, being hurt, being crushed. Um, his heart for you is for you to be free. Amen. I love that. I love that. So absolutely. So let's, let's jump into prayer 
And um, do you want to? I'm just going to keep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to keep my eyes open here. And uh, I, yeah. Okay, Jesus, we are so grateful for your love. Oh, God, it is just beyond our imagination. (laughs) You uh, came in Jesus to die for us. I mean, that God, that you yourself came in the flesh. Uh, We're just coming up on Christmas right now. And this, the advent of Christ is the most amazing thing. Emmanuel, God with us, how you would leave heaven, how you would leave all that glory, all that worship, all the comforts, all the things that you were so used to. And you would come to earth as a baby in diapers and to just be a humble a servant to us while you were here to show us your love, to actually live a perfect life, die for us on the cross, rise again the third day, walk around so people could see you, and then go to heaven and intercede for us. Uh, God, we just receive all of that. And uh, by your stripes, we are healed. And all of our iniquities, all of our transgressions, the peace that you bought for us, we just receive it all. Um, you did it all. You paid for all of that for us. And so we, uh, God, I like to say, I don't like to leave one one gift on the table. Um, and Jesus, we just receive right now the fullness of your power and authority in our lives to say out to any imposter, to any thief, to yeah. any liar, to yeah. any murderer, to anyone and anything that stands against who you are in our lives. We just, we just say, you cannot be here. We give you a ticket. We say, get out of here or you're going to tow it away. And we say with the power of the water of the word of Jesus Christ, we put out the flames that you have been having fun tormenting us with. And anybody that is listening to us right now, just step into the freedom that Jesus is calling you into. And he is just saying, yes, you have been bound, but you are free. You are free. You are free. Oh, dear Jesus, I agree with these things. I thank you for this wonderful sister I have in Christ with Marnie. And I thank you for everyone watching and listening to this. Lord, I pray in Jesus's name, you would use. You would use what the enemy attempted to use for evil, for good, because you're that big. Because your word says you use all things, not just the good, all things for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And that's everyone listening. I pray, Lord, for those who haven't, who've not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they would admit that they are a sinner and desperately need you in their lives. And they would confess with their mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and that they need you as a Savior and you are their Savior. I pray, Lord, that they would just stop whatever they're doing and just, just do that and that you would come into their hearts. And that you would save them and we would meet them in heaven. And you'd say, yeah, I listened to that podcast or that Zoom webinar with you and that crazy lady, Marnie. You do, the girls are late, are incredible. And that's when I gave my life to Jesus. So Lord, I pray, Lord, there'd be so many that would hear this and would be transformed. I pray, Lord, for those who are struggling in the race cycle, for those who are struggling with, gosh, with denial who are just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, where were you, God? And that they would bring that to your altar and go, God, this hurts so much. Help me process it. And I pray for those who are struggling and bargaining or like, oh, if I only did this, then this never would have happened. That I should have, would have, could have, that they would just lay those on your altar and lay that pain of that, of this consequence, what's happened in their life on your altar and you would heal them. I pray, Lord, for those experiencing just such sadness and depression. And they're like, God, this hurts so much. I'm so sad that this happened. That, And the sin is so grievous. What's happened to me or my family members or my loved ones. And they would just lay that on your altar. But I I can't. This is yours. I I can't carry this. This is yours. That you would heal them. I pray for those who are experiencing such anger at the evil and wickedness of what was done to them and their family members or their loved ones that they would say, oh, Lord, ah, you told me to be angry. And you're not saying I'm struggling because I do. I want revenge. And I know that you said vengeance is yours and you will repay. But this is hard. And I pray where they would lay their desire for vengeance and and just for just um, for extracting justice on your altar and trust you that they 
they, they would know that the consequence for that sin is either paid for by the cross or an eternity in hell. And they would say, it's not mine. You're the judge. You're the great eternal judge. I trust you with it. And those that are in acceptance are going, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. But still feel broken and struggle to forgive and struggle with those feelings. It comes up every time they see this person that they would, that you would help them in Jesus's name, Jesus. never replay oh, this incident over and over again in their mind that they would lay that in your altar go it's not mine it's yours it's because i've been Jesus forgiven my yours and those who have been struggling with uh those who have been gossiping at others and say i've forgiven them but listen to what happened listen to the intimate details it's different when we use things lord for ministry and you say okay i want you to share this story to see how awesome i am to see how cool and what incredible things i've done but instead, you're, you're doing to throw the other person under the bus that that would cease, that gossip and to malign the other person would end. And they would lay in your altar going, I've forgiven them because I don't want anyone doing that to me and I'm not perfect. And Lord, I pray for those who replay this incident, as I know that women do, because I know I did this too, over and over and over again in their mind, that they would lay that on the altar and go, God, this is yours. I don't want to entertain this again. I want you to take every thought captive. I don't want to replay that over and over again in my mind. I pray those who continually bring it up, who just like bring up their gunny sack or their sandbag full of stuff. And every time they have a conversation, they bring it up and throw it in the other person's face. They would no longer mm -hmm. do that. They would no longer, they would be gone. It'd be tossed into the sea of forgetfulness and the sea of forgiveness. And they would no longer dredge there. It would no longer be picked up and it would be incinerated and burned knowing that as they have been forgiven much, by Jesus Christ, all their sins and all eternity as the sin is forgiven as well. And they are released and bonded. And Lord, you would break. But I just see pictures of yes. bondage, <laughs> breaking of just these Thank chains being Jesus. broken in Jesus' name. Freedom, that you would freedom. break these chains freedom, in Jesus', Jesus. name on just everyone who's listening. That they would be like, I'm free. I have never felt that good. Like that woman in jail said, I have never had this much hope. She was still incarcerated, but she was no longer spiritually incarcerated. That that yeah, that freedom. the bondage, freedom, the spiritual Jesus. bondage on those list, these listeners' Jesus. lives would be broken in Jesus' name. We I claim the Jesus. blood of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus over this situation, Jesus. Lord, and over these uh, over these people that are listening, Lord, and watching. So in Jesus' name, Jesus. break bonds. Heal, pour, pour you, out Jesus. your healing salve into this, the broken, traumatized mess that can be left behind, Lord. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for Marnie, continue to Jesus. bless her. Those who are listening, that you bless them with forgiveness, with love, with joy, with healing. And with um, they would understand the immense authority and power they wield as children of the God Most High. They would understand they have the ability to cast out demons, to cast out spirits and principalities that are Thank not you. supposed to like, get behind me. I bind you and cast you out, and I claim the blood of Jesus over me, my loved ones, Jesus. my family members, that you would bless them, Lord, and bless our family members as well. That you would cover them with the blood of Jesus and break any any just change bonded Lord, in Jesus' name. You would drop scales. I just get the sense there's so many, so many prodigals out there that that need prayers. So God, that you would drop scales. I pray this would yeah. be like this Christmas season would be like a, a, a just incredible influx into the churches, Jesus. and it just that you would drop scales that the enemy has placed on prodigals. Thank that you Jesus. would drop them, and they would open and see Jesus. their desperate need for you, Jesus. And you would just Jesus. give them a Holy Spirit flame for for you, Jesus, and a fire for you that can just be displayed and they would be transformed. God, do that. Lord, I pray for, so. I, there's so many out there that have been praying for prodigals and I break the bonds, the enemy on these prodigals Jesus. and they would come home yeah, in Jesus' name. Jesus. And I just pray just a blessing over Marnie's ministry and her work that you would continue to expand her territory, expand the, the her tent pegs that you would just bless her lord i pray the same for lift your gaze and our publishing jesus, company and jesus. these books we're publishing that you would just expand jesus. expand the tent pegs and many many would come to know you jesus, jesus. and be healed in jesus's name 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so beautiful. And we just partner right with you who are listening right now. If you still feel like there's some kind of a, a spirit or a heaviness or whatever, we just say right now to that, whatever it is, just be gone. You have to leave. We are the ticket bringers uh, and uh, you got to get out of here. And we are spraying God's holy water on you right now. And you cannot live. The flame cannot live here anymore. Wherever you are not uh, allowed to be, you have to just go right now in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Wow. I could just do this all day. I know we can, we've always said this, you know, that we could just do this kind of stuff all day long and, and just love Jesus so much. Love you guys. Wow. Just thanks for joining us for this conversation. Kim, just love you. I love watching your life and what God's got you doing and you know you just both of us actually just came through seasons of sickness actually you had covid that right. really interrupted in a huge way yeah. something that you were doing in your ministry i've just been uh, out out here for a few weeks with uh, something in my body and we just also want to agree right now that sickness anything that is not from god cannot stay here you must leave right now in the name of Jesus, out, out with you and don't come back. And I pray healing over you, Marnie, and healing Thank for you. Thank your you. family and healing over me and my family. In Jesus' name, I cast you out sickness. I bind you and pray the Thank blood Jesus. of Jesus. Because every cell in our body, Lord Jesus, is subject to your authority. You just That's say right. the word Thank and you. our body is healed. So like the centurion, we come to you because you have the authority. You move the 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 violation. <laughs> move it out, Lord <laughs> Jesus' name. This is your territory. This is yours. And we just declare it as you continue to use us mightily your kingdom, that you would make us well and you would heal us. Mm, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to close with a thought and then I'm going to have you close with a thought that we're going to be done here. So uh, mine is that when I try to do life by myself, um, it's just impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And when I try to do it on my own, it's too hard. But when I do it with Jesus, it's done with ease. When I try to do it myself, I'm not enough or I don't have enough or I can't be enough. But when I do it with Jesus, he's plenty. And when I do it by myself, I just can't. I just can't seem to do it. Amen. But when I do it with him, it's already done Amen. by his grace and for his glory. So walk in that. Speech. Love it. Love it. I love that. It's awesome. And I'm going to leave you with whatever you focus on gets bigger. If you focus on your problems, they get bigger than your God. If you focus on your God, your problems, your suffering, your child get smaller. So I'm sorry. If you focus on God, the, your God gets bigger than your problems. That's right. He <laughs> always is, right? But, you know, I do this thing with my coaching clients. I'm like, you know, when the problem gets like this, yes, all I can see is the problem. That's yes. it. And when I take my problem to God, the problem becomes the small thing. And God becomes the big thing. So just remember, take it all to Jesus. He loves you. He's got you. You're you're being lied to when you're being told that there is no hope. There is so much hope for you. Great. Absolutely. Because God's bigger. So much God's bigger. God's bigger. Amen. Okay. Where can they find you, lady? Oh, so yes, you can find me all over the place. You can go to my website, www.kimmclark.com. My books are on Amazon. You can look up Kim M. Clark Books. Also, we have a publishing website, www.deepwatersbooks.com. And if you would like to make a tax deductible donation to my podcast, which I think I'll put this on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to, yeah. Or make and help us provide hope because yeah. we do provide our trauma healing curriculum to the traumatized, especially the uh, inmates. And most jails, we are in um, eight facilities and they turn over uh, probably about 10,000 inmates every 30 days. So each one needs a book. Every $20 provides a book. So we'd love, and you can make a tax deductible donation by the end of the year, go to liftyourgaze.org. Okay. And I want you to tell everybody about your big new um, God sized goal that you've got going on here that God put in your heart, the state of Florida reached out. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, you and I both, <laughs> I like to say, how I'm living is with just the arch of my feet touching the side of the cliff. I'm hanging straight out there. I know who's got me and I know that the belt around me is secure, but it looks like death. <laughs> it's like he's called us to such 
big yeses, right? So tell everybody about what he's got in your heart right now, because this is so huge. Yeah, so actually, the entire state of Florida, there's prisons and there's jails. Jail is I've done something bad. I've been arrested and I am incarcerated until I make bail or until a trial. And if you've been not denied bail, you'd stay in jail until your trial. And your trial, you've been found guilty or innocent. Innocent, obviously, you're released. Or guilty could be time served or you're at a state prison. So the entire state of Florida with eight... um, all of their inmates, 84,000 inmates, they want to roll out our Lift Your Gaze program to them. So we'd be training the chaplains. I have started training the chaplains and we are raising funds for that. Also, all of um, there's two um, county jails which use our books, which are in desperate need. They're all out of inventory. Both of them need it. So we, we get enough in just to give them a, just a few books, but not enough that to meet the needs. And they go through approximately um, 3,000, between those two facilities, 3,000 every 90 days. So between the jails and the prison, and then my um, first book, which is Deep Waters Lift Your Gaze, this book is being translated, is translated into Spanish. My first, my devotional is in English and in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And now this, and I don't speak Spanish. Okay, so this is crazy. So I, we got a translation team and we're now raising funds. We have a matching fund with 30% of matching for that to provide that mm-hmm. book for mm-hmm. the Spanish-speaking inmates. 29% of the inmate population speaks Spanish. So beautiful. So you guys want to be praying for that and Thank also you. get involved financially as well as God enables you to do so. You can just find me over at marnie.com. Every link you can find is right there. And I would love to connect with you too. Kim, thank you. You are my heart. Thank you, darling. We're going to do this again. This is for much fun. It is. All Thanks, right, you guys. God bless you guys. And remember, keep lifting your gaze. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lift Your Gaze. Be sure to subscribe so you may continue to enjoy upcoming episodes. Lift Your Gaze is a listener-supported podcast. We deeply appreciate your partnering with us today. We would also like to invite you to visit liftyourgaze.org. There, you'll have the opportunity to learn about our impactful community programs, such as our HOPE initiatives. And we welcome you to kindly consider a tax-deductible contribution that will enable us to continue to share the message of Lift Your Gaze. Until next time, there's always hope when you lift your gaze.